0: Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message.
1: That just gives you just a glimpse of some of what is going on in missions around the world. This morning I want to visit, once again, the battle that exists within each and every one of us. There is a battle within each and every one of us. It is the battle of fear, anxiety, and worry versus faith. It feels to me, I don't know what it feels like to you, that our world, specifically maybe our nation, is living under a cloud of fear and anxiety and worry. Even though things are loosening up in our economy, even though things seem to be getting back to normal, whatever normal looks like, I personally think that there's a lot of us that are still a little bit on edge because we don't know what's going to take place in the next few weeks. And so it feels to me like we're living under this cloud of fear and anxiety and worry. Now, Here's something that I am aware of, and I, I, I think it's because I speak to people, I read what people post online, and I just sense from the Holy Spirit that there are believers that are wondering what is wrong with them. There are believers that are wondering why they cannot seem to get out from under this cloud of fear and anxiety and worry. And then, when I quote or they read passages like, and you're gonna to have to pull me down just a bit. I'm on the edge of feedback up here, please. Thank you. When passages like, be anxious for nothing, or fear not, or God has not given us a spirit of fear are quoted, we can feel like a failure. Inside, you would be thinking, possibly, I've tried not to fear, I've tried not to worry. I've tried not to be anxious, and it just doesn't work. Right now with what I'm going through, it just doesn't work. And this is all of us, but I've discovered a few things over my life as a believer that can possibly help you because they have helped me. And by the way, hello, online audience. I'm Pastor Rick. If you don't know who I am, I'm talking to you too. Just not talking to those who are in the room today. I'm talking to you too because I believe that this cloud just permeates. And even if you're not a follower of Jesus, what I'm going to talk about today may really help you in your walk. So I am going to answer the question everybody possibly is asking. It's the first line on your note sheet if you picked one of these up. Would you bring the question up on the screen, please? Here's the question How do I get rid of my fears? How do I get rid of my fears? That's the question. How do I get rid of my fears? If you're living under a cloud of fear and anxiety, if you're feeling like fear is trying to grip you, let's get the answer. How do I get rid of my fears? Are you ready for the answer? Bring it up. I don't. Now you probably aren't too pleased with that answer. You don't. Everyone has fears. Everyone has fears. And here is, in one sense, good news. (laughs) You'll never fully get rid of your fears. So if you're thinking that, oh my goodness, what's wrong with me? You may be discovering that there's nothing wrong with you. We all have fears. Now here's something that I think is going to surprise some of you. Even the apostle Paul confessed to having fears. You know, Paul that great apostle, that writer of a majority of our New Testament, listen to what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 and 6, and look for what he said about fear. He said, when I arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. Or when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We face conflicts from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. But God who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. Let me read that line again. With battles on the outside and fear on the inside. Remember, this is is the same apostle Paul who wrote this in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind same Apostle Paul who wrote to the church in Philippi in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Don't be afraid of anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. The same Paul is the one who says, we had fear. I had fear inside. Now in this message just to let you know, I'm going to talk interchangeably about fear, anxiety and worry. All three all have the same solution. We don't get rid of them, but there are some things we can do. Now, bring up the title graphic again. Some of you may be saying, "What is up with that title graphic?" Well, this summer one of the big movies was supposed to be Godzilla versus Kong. But, of course, COVID kept most of the theaters closed, and so it went immediately to HBO Max, and a few theaters were running it. But it was going to be the big movie, the IMAX film. And COVID sort of pushed it down. This was a remake of the 1962 movie, or a type of a remake of it, King Kong vs. Godzilla. Now, just to let you know that I saw King Kong vs. Godzilla at the Starlight Drive-In Theater in Toledo, Ohio, and I thought it was awesome. Now, I'm in the second grade. So as a second grader, it was cool. Two guys dressed up in these rubber suits, destroying a model of Japan, throwing each other around. It was an awesome movie. My sister and I later that summer went out to the beach and we wrestled in the water. She was Godzilla and I was Kong or whatever it was and we were just throwing each other around. It was an awesome summer. So this year, the big movie was supposed to be Godzilla versus Kong. Now you may not be big into monster movies. I thought, well, maybe I should should put a couple heavyweight fighters on the screen. But I had no squat about boxing. Okay, now I love the Rocky movies and I loved uh, Cinderella Man. I like The Champ. I like boxing movies, but I know nothing about heavyweight or middleweight or featherweight boxing. So then I thought, well, I could do uh, uh, WWE wrestling, you know, WrestleMania. I know nothing about the wrestlers, and so I do know something about monster movies because as a boy I grew up with them and then as an adult I exposed my children to them. So I thought, King Kong and Godzilla battling it out as a, as a uh, graphic for fear versus faith. But here's the thing. In many of those monster movies, they always had this tagline, the battle of the titans. The battle of the titans, two gigantic strong beings battling it out, sometimes to the death, but most of the time just till they gave up so they could do a sequel. But that's just how they do these things. But the battle of the titans. But I think we need to admit and recognize that sometimes in our hearts there's a battle of the titans going on. The two titans, fear and faith wrestling with each other. Or we could say anxiety in faith or worry in faith. They're battling inside of our hearts. Now, which one is winning right now? Right now, in your life, in your heart, as you're listening to my voice here in the building and at home, which one's winning? Which one's winning? If you were to get quiet this evening after a full day, And your mind does what many of our minds do at night. It starts to think about things. Which one is winning? Fear or faith? I'd like to confess to you, church. I'd like to confess to you, online audience, that faith is always winning inside of me. But I can't. Because there are plenty of times that fear Anxiety or worry or all three have the upper hand in my heart and they are pummeling my faith and they're pummeling my life. From time to time, we've been singing a song here, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand In your love. And I'll be down there where we usually sit. You know, we're just like you. We sit in the same place almost every week. And so you'll see me down there. And there are weeks when we are singing those words. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And I'm making a confession of faith. That's not my reality. That's my confession of faith that Sunday. My hands may be lifted as I'm praising And as I'm singing, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. I'm reminding myself and I'm confessing and I'm singing because that's not my reality at the moment. So here's the thing, and this is where we're going to go, and I'm probably going to move relatively quickly. There's so much material I want to cover today. If I can't get rid of my fears... What do I do with them? Since you can't fully get rid of your fears because they're going to be there, something's going to come into your life, a health issue, a financial issue, a job-related issue, a relationship-related issue, and all of a sudden, your heart gets anxious, your heart gets fearful, you begin to worry. You're not going to be able to just be this this, uh, iron drum type of a person that fears just bounce off of. They're going to rise up in your heart. So if you can't, get rid of your fears, what are you going to do with them? Now remember this. I'm just laying some foundation here. Both fear and faith are inside of each of us. Both fear and faith are inside of each of us. Romans 12, 3 says, God has dealt each one a measure of faith. Every believer of Jesus Christ has a measure of faith. Jesus, on more than one occasion, called his disciples, you of little faith. But he wasn't saying they didn't have faith. He just said their faith was small. We all have faith. And we all know that we have fear, anxiety, and worry. So, if I can't get rid of my fears, what do I do with them? Here we go. If you have a note sheet, get ready. If not at home, you may want to take some pictures, some screenshots. Here we go. Number one if I can't get rid of my fears, what do I do with them? In the battle between fear and faith, who's going to win? The stronger of the two. In the battle between fear and faith, who's going to win the stronger of the two? In the monster movies, who finally wins the stronger of the two? In any type of a a movie where good and evil clash, the stronger of the two wins. Point two, quickly. The question is not, how do I get rid of fear? I've already said you're not going to be able to get rid of fear. Here's the question. How do I make my faith stronger? If you're going to have a battle and in the battle between fear and faith, the stronger is always going to win, then the question is not how do you get rid of fear, how do I make my faith stronger? How do I make my faith stronger? This is where victory lies. Where you have made your faith strong enough that when fear rises, fear can't win. Doesn't mean it's not going to rise. Doesn't mean it's not going to impact you, but it can't win. Number three, what you feed grows. What you don't feed shrinks. Very simple. I'm I'm, I'm going deep this morning, folks. I'm going deep. We're talking about Godzilla, we're talking about King Kong, we're talking about this deep concept. What you feed grows, what you don't feed shrinks. But sometimes there's so much truth in simplicity, but yet some of us don't apply it to our lives. Just a sub-point under this. Focus on and feed your faith, it expands. And fear shrinks. Focus on and feed your fears. It expands and faith shrinks. The end result of feeding our faith is that peace, the wonderful peace we talked a little bit about last week. It's peace when you're in the middle of good times, peace in the middle of difficult and scary times. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you And then listen to what it says. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. I've quoted it, but it's on the screen now. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Before I go to the next verse, two things. Look at those verses. You will keep in perfect peace... All who trust you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And this peace of God at the end of Philippians chapter chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. Notice thoughts, hearts, minds. Bring up the passage from Romans. Romans says this, Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is a renewal of our minds that can take place. So, the Bible tells us that we should fix our thoughts on God. The Bible tells us that peace will guard your hearts and your minds, and that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Again, notice thoughts, hearts, minds. Here's the thing that we all need to know. Key point this morning. The battle between fear and faith is always won in the mind. The battle between fear and faith is always won in the mind. It's in your thought life. That's where you win. That's where you win. The thought life is what... Fear is going to try to attach itself to because when fear can get strong in your thought life, you come down. Fear, worry, anxiety, stress. When faith is lifted up in your thought life, fear shrinks and you walk differently. You experience life differently and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, can rule and reign in your hearts. The battle between fear and faith, is always one in the mind. So then that leads us to the next question. How do I feed my faith? How do I fix my thoughts on God? How do I renew my mind? How do you feed your faith? How do you fix your thoughts on God? And how do you renew your mind? And this is where it gets very practical this morning. Number one, how do I feed my faith? fix my thoughts on God, and renew my mind. Number one, read God's Word regularly. Daily, if possible. Read God's Word regularly. Jesus said in Matthew 4, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In Romans 10, it says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. The word of God is living, it is powerful, it is faith-building and faith-feeding. People of God, where the devil works hard on us is to keep us from doing the things to feed our faith. There are way too many believers when polls are taken, people who claim a salvation, born-again experience with the Lord Jesus Christ that do not daily read the Bible Some of them only weekly read it. Some of them don't read it at all. They expect when they come to church, they're going to get everything that they need. And we want you to hear the word of God when you're at church. But you will never conquer fear if you don't daily feed your faith with God's word, or at least as regularly as possible. Get a translation that you can understand. Set aside a certain amount of time, and then systematically read through your Bible, especially the New Testament. And if you've not been a Bible reader before, start in the Gospels. Read about the life, the works, and especially the words of Jesus. Now you may say, Pastor Rick, I just didn't do well in school in reading. And I'll tell you what, when I get a Bible out, I have such a difficult time. Well, praise God for audio Bibles. And every single one of you, I am certain. All right, I want to see a show of hands today. All right, I want to see your hands. Who here does not own a device, a phone, an iPad, or an iPod? Some type of a device. Who here doesn't own one? I guess Josiah would be the only one here. Okay? So that means that you have the Bible in an audio format right now in your pocket, in your purse, or in your hand because I've watched some of you are already scrolling Facebook because you didn't like my King Kong versus Godzilla illustration. Okay. If you can't read it, then listen to it. But engage regularly, daily, with God's word. And the nice thing about it is years ago, the audio Bibles pretty much were all King James. Now, it, all kinds of translations have the audio Bible. Some are dramatized. Some have music behind them. Start getting into God's Word. Fear will pummel you if you don't feed your faith. And one of the ways is through reading God's Word. Secondly, number two, pray regularly, daily, if at all possible. Jesus told his disciples in Luke 18 a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. You're to always pray. You need to be persistent. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Jude chapter 1, verse 20 says, Pray, uh, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Listen to what he said. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, feeding and strengthening your faith, pray in the Holy Spirit. Praying builds up your faith. And as your faith gets stronger, as it expands in your heart, fear will begin to shrink. And in Jude specifically, he says, pray in the Holy Spirit. That is a very specific reference to a certain type of praying that if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have. That's praying in tongues, praying in another language. You say, Pastor, you believe in that? Absolutely. I practice it virtually on a daily basis. As a matter of fact, during the worship and during the prayer time, just under my breath, just not more than 30 minutes ago, I'm standing next to Sherry. Excuse me, I think it was as you were praying for Israel, and I was praying in tongues. Say, I didn't hear you. No, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to him. Didn't have to be loud. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want more information about this, there's stuff on our Facebook page. Give me a call. I can recommend books. I'll talk to you. I'll pray with you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But whether you pray in tongues or not, Prayer itself builds your faith. Jesus talked often about the need for us to pray. Read God's Word regularly, pray regularly. How many of you think you probably can guess what number three is going to be? What is it going to be? Ah, boy, she's got it, unless my note sheet gave it away. Attend church regularly. Faith is strengthened in the presence of Jesus Christ in corporate worship. Psalm 16 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. Nehemiah 8 says, when we're in the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It strengthens our inner man. If you stay away from the services of the church, you will begin to grow weaker in your faith. Now, some people have very legitimate reasons for not being able to be in a corporate worship service. Health, physical limitations, the ability to get here. But if your reason for not being in a corporate worship service is because it's more comfortable to watch Pastor Rick in your pajamas, you're missing out. Now, will you get something from the online experience? Yes. But there is something more that happens in a corporate worship gathering if you're engaged. So, Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, don't stay away from the house of God as some are in the habit of doing. But come and encourage one another. Now, look up and I want to qualify something for you. Everybody look up, okay? Hannah, just because I know that you do all of this right. But let's say you didn't do any of it, Hannah. Not at all. This is the first time you've heard about it. So you go home and you spend 15 minutes reading the New Testament or listening to the New Testament, praying, total of 15 minutes. I'm going to tell you something, Hannah. It's really good news. Your faith hasn't grown at all. What? I just spent 15 minutes in my... Actually, it has, but it has grown so small that you won't recognize it. But let me tell you this, Hannah, you spend 15 minutes a day in prayer and in the Word of God for a year, your faith will have grown strong. You do it for five years, 20 years, okay, it's a different ball game. But the thing is, most of us want that instant. I'm going to spend 15 minutes and I'm going to pound that fear down be like King Kong just beating on Godzilla. He's going, no, you won't. You won't. If you attend church twice a year, or even if you attend worship services once a month, it will have a small impact on your faith. That's why you do it. Regularly, you're here every Sunday that you possibly can, even if it is inconvenient. Consistent, weekly church attendance, midweek church attendance, small groups, serving in a ministry area. You start combining those together and faith grows. And the key word is consistent, which takes us to point number four. The key to strong faith is consistency. The key to strong faith is consistency. Praying daily, reading the word daily, even when you don't feel like it, even when it doesn't seem to be doing anything, that is what begins to strengthen our faith. Looking for the instant, and it just isn't going to take place. Now, Before I move on to point five, yesterday, I got a bonus point. I'm driving out towards Blue Tassel Farm or back from Blue Tassel. I don't remember. You know, I'm driving along in my truck and not a whole lot of traffic. I think I had something on the radio. But all of a sudden, I thought of a bonus point. So if you've got a note sheet, you're going to have to write this one in. Because this one's as important as the other ones, but I didn't think about it till yesterday. We had already p- p- printed these sheets. Here's your bonus point. Are you ready? Hang around positive, godly people. Hang around positive, godly people. Write that in. Hang around positive, godly people. Oh, Hang around people. Find some people who, after you leave being around them, after you leave them, your faith feels like it's been fed. See, there are fearful, negative people, some of which are Christians. There are fearful, negative people, some of which are Christians, and too much time spent with them is going to feed your fears. Yeah, but they're my best friend. Find another one. You say, well, I don't know. Where am I going to find people like this? Pastor Evan told you a place to possibly find them. It's called small groups. Now, maybe not everybody in the small group is going to be positive, but I'm sure you might find some. If you hang around those who are not going to feed into your faith your anxiety and your worry, if you're not, gonna, excuse me, if you're not going to hang around people who feed into your faith, but those who feed into your anxiety and your fear and your worry, it's going to grow. So begin to find people who feed your faith. That means you're going to have to make some friendships, get out of the house, get off of the device, get away from uh, uh, doing Netflix or whatever it is, and meet with some people in some environments. Do this consistently in small groups, serving side-by-side with people, and watch what it does to your faith. Okay, so that's your bonus point. So um, number five. These are a little bit, five and six are just a little bit different than the others. Number five is remember that God is for you. When you are walking through times where your faith seems to be pushed on by fear, remember God is for you. Look at this verse from the book of Romans. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Does God live inside of you? Does the very spirit of God live inside of you? If God lives inside of you, he's for you. Who can ever be against you? But how often do we forget I can tell you how often I forget. Major circumstance comes up. Something happens within the family. Something happens within the church. Something happens to uh, a piece of equipment or my, my vehicle or Sherry's vehicle, and it just catches me, and then I'm thinking monetarily, and I'm thinking, how do I handle this and the other? And all of a sudden, my mind starts to run, and that fear begins to rise I need to remind myself that if God is for me, who can ever be against me? So I need to be, and of course, that's where uh, the word of God can help if I've been reading and memorizing the word of God. And then number six is very similar to number five. It's something to remember. Remember that Jesus is always with you. You need to remember that Jesus is always with you. In chapter 13 of the book of Hebrews, this verse says, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Child of God, never will he leave you, never will he forsake you. Jesus said in Matthew 28, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Jesus is always with you. Always with you. Yeah, but I'm in a mess right now. Jesus is with you. Yeah, but I got in this mess myself. I screwed up. Jesus is with you. He's not waiting for you to pull yourself out of your mess, and he's way over there waiting, saying, Okay, <sighs> okay, now Jesus is with me. No, he was with me when I was stupid. He was with me when I got into my stupid mess He was with me when I screwed up the finances. He was with me when I made Sherry feel like dirt. And I watched the expression on her face change. Or I watched one of my kids crush under my thoughtless words. He was with me. And sometimes remembering that he was with me in the mess that I caused helps me to get out of the mess quicker. Because I'm really good at beating myself up. God is for me. Jesus is always with me. And then I go to Sherry and I I can't take the words back. I can't make her not hear them. But I can go and try and make it right. I can't get the money back that I spent on that foolish purchase because, boy, it sounded really good. But God is with me, and he loves me. It helps our faith when we remember that God is for us. Jesus is always with us. Steve Cuss, an expert in anxiety and anxiety disorders, specifically from a Christian perspective, wrote this, or said this, I should say, chronic anxiety and knowing God is with you don't coexist. Hear what that says. Chronic anxiety and knowing God is with you Don't exist. Now, he's not saying you won't have moments of anxiety, but if you are chronically anxious, if you are chronically fearful, if you are a chronic worrier, then something is missing, and that what is missing is your remembrance that knowing God is with you. He says, I become anxious when I forget that I am actually in God's hands. I think this is a tremendous quote in that when you are walking in anxiety and fear and worry, it means that you have not reminded yourself or remembered that God is with you. When you are so firm on knowing that God is with you, you cannot walk in chronic anxiety. Now please, this is a man who has spent a career studying anxiety and anxiety disorders has written books about it speaks to corporate america about it speaks to christian leaders about anxiety chronic anxiety and knowing god is with you doesn't don't is with you don't coexist i become anxious when i forget that i'm actually in god's hands so when chronic anxiety rises up picture jesus with you right now in fact right now Right now, in your problem, whatever your problem is, you're at home and you're thinking about problems right now because I've been talking about problems. Right now, in your problem, imagine Jesus is with you. Picture Jesus caring for you. Picture Jesus walking by your side through your difficulty. Picture Jesus perfectly loving you. As you do that, faith will begin to displace fear. And anxiety because your faith is being fed. Remember, what you feed grows, what you don't feed shrinks. Focus on, feed your faith and it expands and fear shrinks. Focus on and feed your fear, it expands and faith shrinks. So we must work to not only build our faith, but we also must work to remove the things that are feeding your fears. What's feeding your fears? What's feeding your fears? What's feeding your fears? What you read, listen to, or watch? The people you hang around? The worries that run over and over and over and over and over again in your head? Feeding your faith will cause these to shrink, but you must... Be careful to not intentionally at the same time be feeding your fears at the same time you're trying to feed your faith. Does that make sense? You're going to start feeding your faith by reading God's word and by praying and by being more regular in church attendance and by looking at the people you hang around, but you're going to spend as much time on Twitter, you're going to spend as much time on whatever uh, news feeds, letting all of the fear-producing stories Feed your heart and fear and faith are both going to be fed and they are going to fight. Now these are just a few things which can, we can do to grow our faith and shrink our fear. I'm going to ask the worship team to make their way to the platform. Allie Worthington said this in, um, it's from a book that she wrote, but it was actually in a U version Bible plan. She said this, God's presence doesn't mean I'm fearless Instead, it means I can fear less. God's presence doesn't mean I'm fearless. Instead, it means I can fear less. I'm going to read over you. I'm going to speak over you some passages of Scripture. And as I read them, I want you to right now open your heart. What I have found is that when I can take passages or verses of Scripture and read them and read them back to back, it's amazing what can begin to happen in my heart. So listen as I read these verses. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, enemies, is what it's referring to. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God. The Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Jesus speaking, What's the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your Father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Remember the battle between fear, anxiety, worry and faith is always won in the mind. What are you feeding? What are you shrinking? It's an old fable. I think it's a fable. I don't know if it actually happened. It refers back to the days of the gold rush in the Yukon of Alaska. And one of the forms of entertainment, if you can call it that, was dogfighting. Where two dogs would be brought in and they would be put into a ring and they would fight until one of them defeated the other. Sometimes to the death, sometimes just till the other dog gave up. And there was a man who had this uncanny ability of picking the winner. He always knew which dog would win. And so when the wagers were being made, and there were a lot of wagers made on dog fighting, when the wagers were being made, it almost seemed that inevitably he would win. In fact, it got to the point that people would watch to see which dog he was going to wager on because that's where they would place their wagers. One day... Somebody came up to this man and said, "How do you know? How are you so good at choosing which dog is going to win? I mean, do you look at them? Do you look at their physique? Is it... Do you... Do you only bet on certain breeds?" The man with a glint in his eye—see, he had a little thing going behind the side. He actually owned the dogs that were fighting. He said, "The one that wins is the one that I feed." Over a period of a few days, one dog was being fed and the other dog was not. And when they got together, almost always, the one that was fed won. Same thing for you and for me. I asked you earlier in the service which is winning in your life right now, faith or fear? Faith or worry, faith or anxiety, I can pretty much guarantee that whichever one you say is winning and you're being honest with yourself is the one you've been feeding regularly, consistently, and fully. And our God doesn't want us to be people who live under the bondage or the chain of fear and anxiety and worry. He wants us to be men and women of faith. So I'm going to encourage you. Watch what you're feeding and begin to feed that which you want to win. encourage you, please. stand.
0: You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.